Welcome to episode 5 of the Motor City Gameworks podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pinchbeck, and with me tonight are my good friends, business partners, and the incredible shrinking men, Matt Riddle and Adam Hill. Guys, y'all are getting MCG whipped into shape. What's up? What's up? What's going on? So, Adam, you got pretty big personal news, and I know you've shared it on social media. It was, you know, pretty pretty personal thing that happened, but it's a, yeah. it's a big thing that that has gone down. So, why don't you uh, let our listeners and our fans know what's been going on with you, man? Yeah, about a month ago, I had um, bariatric surgery. I had the gastric sleeve procedure, which is not the best name, yeah, uh, for the procedure because it sounds like they've taken a sleeve of some sort and put it in my body around my stomach. That is not the procedure. They do something kind of like that with a lap band procedure. But with mine, what it is, is it's sort of a newer version of the Roux-en-Y gastric bypass. Um, it's been around for about 10 years, pretty broadly. Um, and, you know, they keep all the plumbing intact, unlike the gastric bypass. The gastric bypass, they actually detach your uh, small intestine from your stomach and then reroute some things and make the small pouch and then reattach Mine, uh, they sew a channel or sleeve uh, from your esophagus to your small intestine. Just And so your stomach looks like kind of a small banana, and it can hold like two and a half ounces uh, at max capacity. Um, and so uh, I did that about a month ago. It's uh, been an interesting journey. There's a lot that goes into it. They tell you you can eat certain things. You know, your first two weeks, you're totally liquid uh, diet. And then after that, you add pureed foods, which are delicious. And <laughs> they then sound delicious. Yes, it's as good as it sounds, Ben. Uh, and then you go for uh, two weeks with soft foods, and then there uh, you get your you get most things back, but not not really. They lie to you and tell you you get all your food back. On they're like day you get 43. all the food you're allowed to have back. Yes. <laughs> Which means, like, you don't get bread, rice, or pasta for, like, six months. And you don't get chips and crackers and anything like that for nine months. And so, like, if you're a salty snack person, yeah, that's going to be a long nine months. Uh, but if you work the plan, right, the plan works. That's the thing. Um, and so I'm a month in, and I've lost about 40 pounds. Nice job, man. Um, now, to have the surgery... Had to lose some weight on the front end um, in order to make sure that your liver is smaller so that they can get to your stomach um, because the stomach sits under the liver, a portion of it. Sure. Uh, this is biology, man. I believe you. Uh, right. And I'm about so, as good at biology as I am at geography. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. pretty poor. It's well established. It's <laughs> yeah. subpar. That 20,000 miles yeah. to 20,000 miles to Kansas? Like it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, I lost 30 pounds before the surgery. So I'm all in all about 70 down from where I was when most of y'all saw me last. Sure. So it's been going really well. Awesome. Uh, there's some challenges. There's some stuff that happens that are weird. But uh, all in all, doing great. The exercising feels awesome because my knees and my back don't hurt anymore, which is a huge deal. And so I get to walk pretty much every day, and I'm, I'm up to three miles. So I'm loving it. But awesome. it's going really well. That's awesome, man. Super proud of you. And gotten a ton of support from folks. Uh, different folks who have dropped me messages, who have sent me, you know, just encouraging emails and things like that. Uh, a lot of folks on Twitter saying some really nice things and Facebook. So just really appreciative of all those people out there that are encouraging me. 
you know, with all this extra energy you're going to have, we expect even more game designs coming out of you. I'm, I'm telling you what, that and some other things. I've been learning some other stuff, man. I've been, I've been devoting some time. I've completed a graphic design course. That's what I'm talking about. I've, I've got uh, some books that I'm reading through. Like I'm really, I'm, I'm honing my skills. We're counting on you. We're <laughs> counting on you. I am you're honing my craft. That's for that's for, for uh, those of you who are new to the podcast. For some reason, at episode five, we are a tabletop board game publishing company. Check check. We're three friends. We're board game designers, but we went in and we founded Motor City GameWorks, and we make board games that you play on the table. Our first one was called Three Sisters. We kickstarted it in March and went really well. It's called it's what's called a roll and write, where you roll some dice, you fill in boxes on a score pad. Think of Yahtzee, but way way awesomer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to have heard of Fleet Dice or Welcome to some of these flip and write, roll and writes, that's the kind of games we're making with Motor City GameWorks. Yep. And um, Matt. Yeah. So it's been maybe a month or so since we did a show. Why don't you give us a quick update? Shipping, production, European Union VAT. What's yeah. all the exciting news going on with so, Three Sisters? <laughs> headed to backers soon, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. So yeah, we're, we're sitting here now. It's whatever it is, August 20-something. Something. Yeah, I don't know. And... Uh, we are about two weeks from production being complete. So our target date is still that first week of September, right around the 3rd, 4th, 5th, uh, which is the dates that they're tracking at the production facility in, in China. So at that point, that's when we kind of enter, which we talked about that for a while. That's been pretty static. Like we've known that date for a bit. It moved a little bit because there was some, frankly, a typhoon uh, at the port that they that their factory is in. But uh, and that obviously, you know, super luckily everyone was safe, but they were, you know, listen, understandably, you know, lost a little bit of time there. So... We've been pretty good there. Now, what's happening after that, as I think we talked about, you know, about a month ago now, is it's only gotten worse. Yeah, and it's it's only gotten busier and worse. Um, is you know that we've got to figure out how to get those games from China to here into the Ur- European Union, and you know that part is just tricky. Now, the good news is that we've got a pretty good contact that we're working with who's been around for a long time, and our freight forwarder, so to speak, or our freight person, you know, he he knows his business, and it looks like we should have a pretty clean path off. So. I mean, we're not going to know until it happens, right? Because as Ben said, every day something changes. There's, you know, frankly, the Delta variant is is still kind of right, you know, kind of ravaging everywhere, including you know parts of Asia right now and parts of China. So that could always change things. And um, but we got a shot at some good news. But yes, like, we have a legitimate path. Twelve months ago, you've planned all this out. You yep. had arrangements set up with the freight people and the shipping and everything. And you know, uh, without a global pandemic and delays, like you had it all mapped out. Yep. So there is a shot that that plan will go off somewhat as you planned. Exactly. Like, I'm sure we could get bad news, but you haven't been told to this point, hey, Matt, you're hosed. You right. have a you know six-month delay, and it's 50 grand more. Like Certainly crazy stuff is happening, exactly. but at this point, we're hearing some decent news that we yeah. might go off somewhat as planned. 100%. And honestly, we, we learned a little bit too. So you know, I would say if we, did, if we do Motor City in March, we'll probably say October fulfillment or November fulfillment because September was a little aggressive. And while I think we could, we can get there and maybe we will next time, you know, because again, global pandemic, things got a little delayed here and there, but overall we're pretty much within, you know, I would say we, as we sit here today that my best estimate is that we're looking like we should only lose a week or two on the dock, which is Dang. pretty awesome considering That's how great. things are going wow. over there. And then that puts us on a boat, gets us back into the States and the EU respectively, Sometime in October, with a shot, you know, to have games in October, November. So wow. that would be great. I mean, the 
there's some there's some unknowns there, right? We we we're learning a lot. And... What advice would you give to someone who was starting their own publishing company and they were going to send out and ship things and they said I've been doing the budget work and I think I know how much I'm spending on shipping. They don't know how much you're spending on shipping. It's going to be less. That's my it's going to be more. It's going to be worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're going to they're going to lose money. Yeah, so here like I, not on the project, but at least yes. Yeah, so it's we've cut been very frank and forthright this whole process and I think I'd like to do that now. Uh, we're making a lot less money on EU copies than we expected. Uh, not zero, luckily, we're not going to lose money, but it, frankly the the freight and the shipping and the vat and everything that we knew existed but had difficulties quantifying and frankly there's a lot of reasons for that now that i know what i know you can plan ahead to some extent but the reality is laws and rules and numbers have changed drastically this year so and that's there's just, nothing you can do when they change the laws in correct. the middle of a 12-month project yeah the fact that we just sold adapt and exactly in the, the exactly. kickstarter being what it is right we it's not like you can say no no we're planning on the old numbers from exactly. back in march yeah, 100%. Like, yeah okay whatever and your fulfillment companies are doing their best to work with you and they're they're good people but they're like listen it costs us more so now it costs you more exactly like, they're not losing money they haven't they haven't shipped our stuff yet just because we set our pricing structures over a year ago you know, and that—that's what it happens a lot, and everybody ha- faces the same challenge. So it's the same challenge. But yeah. we—I tell you what—for all of our EU backers, we still love you. We're yes. happy to be sending you the game. We are. We hope you love it. And it's gonna—we're gonna get you there, and we're—we're we're gonna do just fine. We're not, like I said, we're not. I'm not saying this to complain or to cry. Right. Just being frank that you know the way the pricing structures and and all of the tax laws have changed. You know, the UK is particularly challenging. It's there's a bunch of fees and and registrations and things behind the scenes that frankly just eat into, you know the what would have been you know hopefully profit or business revenue that are just fees. I love the registration fee to be able to pay more fees. Yeah, yeah, That's you have to you have to pay a fee <laughs> feels, to pay fees. That feels really good. It does. Um, we should bake that into our business model somehow. <laughs> I just want y'all to know the text exchange where that was explained was pretty golden because it was like we have to pay this fee for registering. To pay fees. Mm-hmm. And there was like, can you clarify? And basically, Matt's response was no. That's the, th- what I said is the truth. Right. Like, that's, that's, that's what it is. You pay a fixed cost to then pay variable costs. Variable costs <laughs> based on country and time. And so, yeah, it, it's, I mean, again, a lot of this wasn't completely unexpected because I did research and we did reading and I understood this, but the, the, you know, what we couldn't plan on legitimately is how much it was going to cost to ride a boat. And that number, that you've been, if you follow board game Twitter at all, you've been seeing the people talk about this. That number is almost triple what we were theoretically thinking we were going to be getting into when we started. So, right. you right. know, if, I mean, frankly, instead of being a little bit less than a dollar a copy, give or take, now it's like $2 a copy, give or take. And that's, the, that's just a cost to ride a boat across the ocean. So speaking of business and it's hard to make money, mm-hmm. Did you guys see on Twitter today that IDW Games I did. is closing closing up shop? Yeah, I heard Back to the Future finally killed them. Yeah, I think it finally did. <laughs> no, I didn't IDW know IDW is ending their games division. Yes. Oh, wow. So they must not have been making this, money. Right. Or... The small portion of the press release that uh, W. Eric yeah. released basically sounded as if they were closing a non-profitable division. Yeah. You know, in corporate speak, IDW overall identified the games division as not, yeah, it sounds like not profitable or not not viable, whatever. It's so hard to make money. It is. I mean, you look, they have the huge Ghostbusters, and mm-hmm. they just had this big pre-order, didn't they? Not super long ago for like yeah. another round of yeah, Ghostbusters and, and they, minis and all that. Yeah, and they've done a good that. job of, you know, kind of getting 
IPs. And, you know, again, we kind of joke about Back to the Future not necessarily being our, our best design, but it was fine. And there's other games that they were, they've done a bit pretty good. That actually sold a lot. Like, and it we sold made just fine. Good yes. royalty on that. No one lost so. money on Back to the Future, but. Yeah. It's you know except they, for people trying to sell it on the secondary market. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Go ahead and trade. Put <laughs> that retailers. In, put that in your uh, BGG trade list. Retailers and distribution might have lost a little money, but the designers in IDW did just fine on Back right. to the Future. Every BGG Sorry. marketplace where it's like five bucks, like try again, buddy. Are you, you shipping just, it for free for yeah. five bucks? Did no. you just say two? What yeah. are we doing here? Uh, besides that, uh, yeah, that that was that was. I mean, how wow. many, think about how many players said, to be named later has that game been? Yeah, as a throw-in, right? I know exactly. Yeah. Oh, you got this? Well, I'm also going to throw in. Right? They, what's the, the they call it something. I'm not a trader, but they have something like sweetener or something. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. We'll give back future. Like, or you don't have to. We'll yeah. talk to you though. Whatever. If it you makes know. the shipping more. Let's not bother. <laughs> but uh, all that said, I mean, I, we always hear. I mean, we're new to this, right? And we're trying to stay hyper focused on a very specific business plan and business path, right? We're not trying to be IDW or Z-Man or whatever. But you hear all the time, right? Even we've experienced this. I mean, Ben and I have been doing this a little bit longer than Adam has. But if we were to go back in our minds, and let's say we had the, or the fancy word is for perfect memory, there's a, whatever, the hypertech, whatever, it doesn't matter. Perfect if, memory. Perfect That's memory. That's it. I, yeah, if we I'm had sure perfect memory. It's hypertech. It's hyper something or other. <laughs> if we had whatever that is, and I could see all the booths at our first origins, so many of them are gone. Yeah. In, in tenure, right? So many. And we're not talking just like, you know, Inventor Alley or whatever it's called. We're talking booths that were legitimately, you know, they were they were businesses of consequence, so to speak, at Origins for first in Gen Con first few years are all gone. So this is just me inventing data, but it seems to me when you go around, or especially eight, ten years ago, not all these large companies with large booths with a large presence are doing that out of profit. I think a lot of them were propping that up with finances mm -hmm. out of their own pocket, whether yeah. it be borrowed or personal finance. Cause you know, they're trying to be the big boy and they got to put on the big face and have mm -hmm. the banners and the thing hanging from the ceiling and yep. all that. And we all want that, but we always said, we're not going to get into this thing where we're financially irresponsible trying to chase that dream yeah. and act like a big boy. If you're just doing it from the grassroots and like making a little money and using that to grow the business, it's a long road yep. to the big booth and yep. the hangy thing and the big it banners. And, and you may yeah. not get there. Yeah. That's kind well, of, that's why you got to support those small businesses, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have a small time publisher, a boutique publisher that you really love, support their staff. Yeah. Yeah. It, because they can't afford the big booth, <laughs> they can't afford the, the huge posters that like. Right. And, and we, I, I mean, because of everyone listening, right, our, our backers and our friends, Three Sisters was wildly successful. And I, and, I, and I say this to say that even with that success, right, really success that can't be expected on your first project, we were super fortunate. You know, we're going to not make that much more than had we just sold it as a design to another company, honestly, because of costs and fees. And right. Now, some of that will level out over time, right, because, you know, some things we're spending money on may not be things we have to spend money on again. We learn a lot. We price better, et cetera. But there's an aspect of, you know, these, these businesses – are really just folks like us trying to do this thing. And the way they actually make money is if it gets printed again, right? Yeah. And so that was actually to, to our other big announcement this week, if you can roll into that. Yep. Yes, sir. Okay. So was that we partnered with a retail uh, – we have a retail partner for the U.S., which is 25th Century Games. Yes. And, go uh, Chaz. Go Chaz. Yeah, he, great he runs a great business. He's a great guy. Now, you may have noticed today on Twitter, if you happen to be following us, that Holly Jolly, uh, Ben and I's – we're talking about that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But there's a card game announcement. Stop with, jumping topics. Sorry. This is a gratuitous <laughs> plug. If only I saw the show yeah. notes. Um, 
So the, the card game, it doesn't matter. The point is, we had a relationship with him, yeah. and we kind of approached him and said, listen, is there an option? You know, We were just looking for some, for some thoughts here, and we had interest from, honestly, several publishers and sources. And the idea is that we're going to make this game on Kickstarter. We're going to do Kickstarter exclusives, and we're going to deliver it to our backers. After that, we don't want to run a booth. We don't want to be at Gen Con with the Hanging Banner. We want to go hang out with our friends and go play games, and I want bring my daughter with me and we can go and you know see booths and, and play proto or not protos but play you know demos and things like that so if we're going to do that then we can't properly support this game so therefore what should we do and our, our answer was well let's look at retail partners what that really means is we partner with this company 25th century games and they basically help us handle all of the back-end sales on post kickstarter so anything in retail uh future copies that you buy direct from from you know, from us would be really through 25th Century Games, and then he's going to be able to help us support you know getting the fact that we're, we're going to be in distribution, which is fantastic, right? So above our Kickstarter copies, we've got you know a few thousand more going into distribution after the Kickstarter is completed and fulfilled. So that's the way, frankly, that you know these companies like us have a chance to be successful. So that that money continues to grow. 25th Century is doing the English language partnering. English language partnering, correct. That's they right. own English language basically worldwide, so they've got some channels into the EU and Asia for English speaking, English versions of the copy, yep. and they have full US retail rights. Yep. We're still looking at uh you know partners in other languages. We've got a really really tight close lead on one very important language, German. Uh, otherwise, we'll see. You know, so far so good. It's just a slow process, but yeah, it's it's super exciting. We had some interest in some Southeast Asian countries mm-hmm. and some language localizations there. Is we there do. Any word on that? Just still it's, evaluating. Yeah, it's on hold till twenty twenty two. So right. we have a we have very specific interest in for for uh, mostly Asian Pacific several languages, several specific languages yeah. they just chose out as ones that can support its own version, and uh, they it's a. Pretty large company, frankly, but they've said, listen, we are getting hit hard by Delta, frankly, and we just have to put this on pause till 2022. We want to talk again when we kind of get past you know, January and probably, honestly, past Chinese New Year, uh, Lunar New Year. And that makes once, sense. Yeah, once we get through that, and, then we'll talk again. And, and we're hearing that from everybody. Mm-hmm. As game designers, you're hearing that across the board that like, hey, we're going to go to masked up origins and try to pitch games, but it's like, who's looking for games because everybody basically just waited a year mm-hmm. and they've got this big backlog. Yes. So Adam, how does that make you feel as a designer and an independent guy hitting the bricks? You've got Godspeed under your you know, belt. You've done stuff with us, but you've got a lot of designs you're trying to find a home with. It's a really frustrating time it's right now, a, isn't it's it? It's been a tough year to try and pitch games. Um, and, you know, TC always, TC Petty always talks about this, uh, you know, playing stuff on, tabletop simulator or something you're like i think this is fun like i don't like it's it's hard to judge there and so you know if you're if you're pitching any game that's bigger than a a trick taker or anything sometimes you need you know the that in-person experience for them to see everything about the game especially if it's a euro i make i make medium weight euros uh and so it's just it's been a tough year to try and pitch games um and so when i've seen you know, fellow designers who are like, I signed a game, man, I'm all in on the congratulations mm-hmm. because they worked their tail off for that. Cause it has been a tough year to get a game signed because frankly, there's just not a lot of people looking right now and folks that are interested, uh, have this queue that's already right. plenty long. And yep. so they're like, talk to us in a year or two. Right. And you know, you're like in a year or two, this game's going to not quite be as fresh. 
yeah. as it is right now. Like it's doing some innovative things right now, but right. And that's you know that's a great point, Adam, because publishers will always tell you, especially publishers that do you know say eight, nine, ten releases a year, whatever it might be, they need good games, and they're happy to publish a good game with a good theme. Like, not, not to whatever, but like Yellow. We yeah. pitch them every year for like six years to right. try to be one of their 18 releases. Exactly. And they'd release 18 games every year. And a couple of them, they thought, might have a shot at right. winning Spiel and like being yep. amazing. But if they're being honest with themselves, they probably had 12 to, you know, whatever, good games. Right. They had a catalog of games yep. that they were going to put out there. Yep. And we tried like heck to be one we of did. those. And we got to the finish line twice. We did. And never did. But we did. To, to the point both of you were talking about, there was opportunities there. Yes. Right, 100%. And to, that's exactly the case, right? So, it, it, by the way, I'm not saying your designs aren't more than good games. What I'm saying is what I'm finding, and we're not doing a lot of pitching right now because we've got Motor City Gameworks and you know Ben and I aren't designing as heavily as we were. Plus, we're still cleaning things up from designs we already have. Is that what I'm hearing, I guess I should say, is a little bit of it is folks are always still willing to look for you know, that, that diamond in the rough. There you go. That surprise, right? Well, you the know. radically unique or yes. excellent idea. Right. And, you know, uh, there's only so many of those. There's only so many of those. And even if you think you have one, it may not work. If they can't see the product or right. they're looking at it on a computer screen, a lot of times the magic isn't there. And they're like, ah, yep. We'll call you. Yeah. Yeah, it's 100 percent true. So and many games have an aha moment. Yep, that isn't just going to translate through that. No, not at all. Pitch through a tabletop simulator. And and God bless all of those uh, game designers who have also become like you know software engineers and and like in their spare time coders in their spare time in order yes. to get their games on tabletop simulator. Like some some folks have really bought in and done it's, a great job with that. And I'm I'm jealous. I, I always wonder too. And I know this is getting a little maybe inside baseball, but you know the folks that are in the industry. You know how what how are they struggling? And what I mean by that is, you know, I saw, you know, uh, Tiffany from Haba posting, and they were talking about how it's a significant pay cut, frankly, from a lot of folks to enter the game industry. Right? You you choose to leave the professional world, whatever that means. Like Ben and I work for giant corporations. Well, for you example. took a shot five or six years ago, I, not naming names, right, but you I, were going to take a pay cut and I go for it. I got pretty far. Uh, yeah, I'm got not it. sure if I ever would have taken it. I didn't get it, luckily, so I didn't have to make that choice. But the point is, yeah, you you have to enter into a significant decision, right? And it depends on, obviously, if you have a partner or a spouse that can you know, pick up the slack or what your life situation is. But a lot of these folks are, you know, especially not the, you know, when you're younger, you have a little more flexibility. But for folks that are more established, are you going to leave a you know, a corporate gig where you're making X for 40% of that or 50% mm. of that. And you may do it because you're chasing your passions, but in a year like last year and this year where things are tougher right now and you're probably working more and getting paid less, you know, I'm sure they're dealing with churn and they're dealing with folks that are like, I, why am I doing this for, you know, half of what I'd be making if I just go sell my soul to, you know, to the corporation down the street. So I, I think a lot of that's all, all everything's impacting that flow. It's been a tough year, but you know what the world needs the most right now? They they need the definitive love, sweet love. That too. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach. That's right. I was going with Bacharach. <laughs> <laughs> Little Austin Powers for you. No, what the world needs now is the definitive Christmas card game. Sure, why not? They've been screaming for it, and we heard those screams, Matt. We, we did. Yeah. So Ben had said years ago, "I want to make a Christmas game." Or a holiday game, so that you you can have the holiday or the Christmas game, 
And it started off with the whole concept was basically you lay cards out like a tree. And it's funny because somebody on Twitter today said, looks like Stellar. And I thought he meant gameplay-wise. He's like, no, no, no. Like, cause the tree looks like the telescope. The tree looks like, I'm like, well, yeah. it does. You're right. And because the whole, you know, kind of the, the, the initial hook was, hey, here's a Christmas tree made out of cards. Let's do some stuff with it. And, you know, we were very focused, frankly, on keeping it family and light. Because, you know, like Ben and I are... Have been known to do. We can take things and make them more complicated than they need to be in a good way. Make them, making them disappointingly mathy in the end, which is our brand and has worked very well for us. But we wanted to make sure this one was not that, and we did that. Honestly, it's a very you know, it's got a little bit of the, um, a little bit of the you know, kind of mathy stuff that we're known for, where you're kind of playing a card to get a card, and you. Matt Wolf tweeted at us, "How many of these card games do you have where you play a card to get some other card from over there exactly. into your playing area? Indirect, ac- indirect acquisition. That's right. right. So well, the, apparently we got a few. You know, those we out have there at now. least three or four our, now. <laughs> it became our thing. It kind of did. <laughs> so yeah, the idea is there's still indirect acquisition where you have to play something to do something. There's a else. little math puzzle in the middle, but it's very easy. Yes, it's, it's a it's, it's a not specifically as heavy of a math. There puzzle you go. It's a light arithmetic puzzle, yeah. and then the gameplay itself is very simple. Right, you're collecting things to make sets. You're collecting ornaments and presents, and it's very. That part of the game, from a sense of like what you want, is very easy because you want everything. Nothing hurts you. It's more about making it a little better for you if you do that instead of that. So it's all positive because again, it's aimed to be a game that you know a family can play. That's that was the idea. So I do love that you just said like we want to have the Christmas game, mm-hmm. and somewhere, Keith Ferguson. Yeah, sorry, his Kurt. teeth he's, are just, he's just grinding. grinding his yep. teeth. Just, I mean, it's, well, he's like, I have made the Christmas game. It's called <laughs> Santa's Workshop. It is great. It game. released in January. Yeah. <laughs> They missed that by they missed it by this much. They did. Uh, and so that one month is a big deal. It's a big deal it on is. a Christmas themed game, but it's a great game. Uh, and 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 Keith's a great guy, but that's a that's a Euro. Yeah, he right. has, he has a card the game. Christmas Euro. Right. right. I wanted the Christmas card right. game. And exactly. it was it and to that point, it's obviously much shorter and quicker and cheaper. And we were able to team up with 25th Century Games on it because uh, they already have a card game called Christmas Lights, which is, you know, he it's a game that's been out for a while. It's uh, Chris Chan, I think. Uh, Chris Chung. Christopher. Christopher. Chung? Yes. Lanterns. Lanterns. Yeah. Uh, great guy and good designer. And his... Great he, designer. Yeah, he's got a team he worked with on, on that one. And they have... there's It's a... I guess it's a game where you can play different versions of the game. That's been out for a while now. And he it does very well. So he's like, I'd love to follow up. And have a kind of a small line almost of these Christmas games. And we had approached him with it because I knew about that game and thought, hey, because you know, when you think about Christmas games, especially card games, there's like two Christmas lights and I think twelve days is another one I see a little bit about. Yeah, there was one in the Eagle in the Eggs and Empires uh, line. What was that line? The there was the egg line. I think there they was an it. EGG line. There with was it. like a twelve days of Christmas. There was. That's not the one I'm thinking or three of. Though. Or four there, or something. Twelve days, bit. I think, is game right or something. But okay. yeah, there's also an Eagle Griffin one that I've never played. The point is not a lot. So let's why not right? And you know the it ended up looking great. It's beautiful, beautiful art, very clean, very well done, and uh, it's it's so. When, when we first made Peat Mots and we were showing it out at Unpub, when people sat down to play a bird feeder game and then you laid out a bird feeder with cards, they'd immediately get excited. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, this is what I came here for. So then that kind of spurned the idea that if we're going to do a Christmas game, you should build a Christmas tree with cards. Right. And everybody we showed that to got really excited about yep. it. As soon as you, oh, yeah, you're building a Christmas tree with cards. Oh, this is great. I'm all in. Like It, it always went really well. Yep. I liked it. I played it. Uh, and and I've enjoyed it. Awesome. I know I'm a big fan. 
and and this one's obviously lighter and mm-hmm. has family weight, but yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a very I good can't game. wait for the first BGG. I don't want to say a the a word red butt to be like to give it like a six. that's way better yeah. yes you know there's you know that, yeah. that, oh, yeah. that sports term you know people can familiar. fill in the blanks there and uh because it's not you know it's not for that guy yeah so don't tell well, me it's for the guy who's in frankenmuth michigan yes it's the little toy store in the basement <laughs> of bavarian inn who just wants a card game exactly it's for a, a family tree. we think it's that's light enough that folks that could buy it off the shelf and not be really gamers could probably get into it and figure it out you know so yeah the the bgg Dude, it's always a dude. Rating the game a six because it yeah, wasn't listen, heavy I, enough. For I want him. it Get to be a seven seven or a seven eight like Stellar and Subastral, mm-hmm. but if it was a six point five and sold twenty thousand copies a year, I'd rather have that. Right. It's the old Alan Moon. Right. I want a top hundred game. I'd rather have a million dollars. There it is. <laughs> what if it's like a five nine six one I don't even... and it sells five hundred copies? That would, that? Well, that'd be horrible. That would oh, be horrible. Oh, yeah, that'd be terrible. That'd right. be terrible. Yeah, okay. So the opposite of that result. No, but it's going to be great. It's that, that's be, a super fun game. Thank you. Our next game we're planning on and we've talked about, it's got a great cover already. We're working on the art graphic design. Motor City coming from Motor City Gameworks. What's the latest on that, Matt? Sure. So Motor City, Adam and I, literally tonight, had... So basically, we're working real hard with Chris Kirkman again to help us get the graphic design going. And we've got art almost finalized because we're at the point now where it's almost September. We need to get protos going so that we can have games into folks' hands. Chris, if you're listening, take a break from adjuncting and everything that you're (laughs) doing to just, you know, kick out a couple more sheets. Maybe even take a break from listening to this podcast. Yeah, just right right now. Just hit pause, (laughs) kick out a few sheets, and just ship them right back to us. Love you so much. We do. And he's kicking them out for us. We've got to finish this up. We just got the email, actually, two hours ago. We did. We did. I had something in my inbox from them yeah. today. Yeah. So we uh we were testing this we had not played the soul so frankly Dustin Schwartz, you know, uh member of the co member kind of a adjacent member of the team almost now is you know we we've we're gonna engage him again for rules and he was been working on that a little bit behind the scenes and having questions. I'm like, boy, I have not played Motor City in a while. So I'm like, yeah, we got to play Motor City tonight, guys. And then Adam and I, because I got here a little bit early, ran through solo mode just to check the rules. Totally works. Auditor Emma is mean. She's hateful. She's, she will really take care People of you. Here's what I People love. People are cool with that, though. Matt played it on easy. I did play it on easy. And Emma was mean. Emma was super I pl- mean. I tested on medium. Matt beat me by... Technically, he scored in solo 52, and I scored 50. Both of those are not good scores. Not great. But, yeah. It, not Emma, great, Bob. Emma is hurtful. She, so, it, I, I've been actually, in retrospect, looking back, and I'm not to be whatever, but... So I know. So we talked about before how this was kind of like the primary design started with Adam, and you know obviously we worked on it as a team after that. But you know, so he wrote the original rules because that was his, you know, kind of his genesis from him. So I must have wrote the solo. I must have written the solo rules, and I don't remember when we designed the solo because it's been such a long time. But I'm, I'll say that to say I am super proud. We have a difficulty mechanic that's entirely based on the dice you choose to start. So it's really simple. It's like you want to play easy. Yeah. You take two yellow, brown, and a pink. You want to play hard. Two brown, a pink, and like, and there's it's it's real easy because once once you're playing, it's done. All your difficulty, all your difficulty kind of leveling or difficulty ramping yeah. is in the setups. Genius, and it totally it works. It actually is really cool. Yeah, like kudos it's super smooth. Yeah, cool. And we, we did a we great job. We bring that up because we just discovered that <laughs> again. Again, we, <laughs> we remembered that we don't suck at this <laughs> apparently because we were worried. I'm not gonna lie. So 
you know, Dustin's asking me questions, and I was telling Adam, like, I got to get, once we're more formal, I formally work with him, we'll get the questions publicly. Right now, he's just texting me. And I'm like, I don't remember these things. So I'm reading the rules. I'm like, does this work? And we, te- we listen, we had blind testing. We did the whole deal. But I'm like, you know, it's been a while. So fresh eyes, I'm like, man, this sure seems like that doesn't, that can't be right. And then it was awesome. And then we played it. It was awesome. So I'm like, okay, I guess. See, that's the us. advantage of um, publishing your own game instead of having to pitch it over Tabletop Simulator to someone else. Because you're like, no, trust me, it super works. Yes. It might sound a little wonky, but you got to play it. It right. totally it works. It sounded like Emma, Auditor Emma was just going to ruin your whole board. It sounded like she was unbeatable. Yeah. And it's she's not, she. You have to manage her interference, you know. So right. thematically, auditor Emma's literally like a, the corporate auditor, right? You have, if you work at a big company, you've dealt with these folks. They work for your company. They're coming in to, to look into your books, and they just get in the way, and you're so frustrated because you got to get your job done, and they're just in the way. She does that. She gets in your way. Yes. So it's it works real well. I am very familiar with that. Yes. At my day job, it's the worst. <laughs> it is. Like I got nothing better to do, and I got a corrective action yep. and got to disseminate mm-hmm. like three findings. Like really? Oh, like oh oh a formal finding. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'll get right on that. So, gentlemen, Origins got the word the last couple of weeks. It's officially mass required this year. Kind of like the rest of the world is going. Our poor kids going back to school in Michigan. Yep. They got yep. hit with it. It is what it is. Um, I think we're still going, right? We I think we're – yeah, we, we have probably have to have a conversation, honestly. I, I know there yeah. was some texting I mean, about – I got nothing else to do. Yeah, we were yeah. – there was some pushing you know, from some folks to maybe turn it into a buddy con potentially if we don't yeah. make it all the way to Origins. We'll see. I, I, mi- I miss it a lot. I a do lot, too. Lot, I do to too. I'm going to be there you. regardless. I would like to go. Yeah. I will say that. I would like to go. I think I'm planning on it. And – Frankly, um, you know, fully vaccinated, but I was still probably planning on wearing my mask the whole time. Sure, so I don't too. know that this yeah. really changes anything that it they've does. said. Yeah. You're wearing a mask. It's just, you know, I mean, if nothing. It's kind of the vibe. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not like against masks in any way. It's just it's undeniable that there is a vibe, right? It's mm-hmm. just kind of a downer. We felt like we were coming out of the thing. Yep. You know, most of us, many of us got our, our vaccinations. We were feeling like we were on the upswing. And then there's just this, you know, downer of the new variant and the whole show. And yep. it's kind of like, Origins is going to be awesome is how it felt like six months ago. And now it's just going to be like, well, I mean, if you go. And, right. You know, if you can't. Yeah. And then, yeah, you feel, you know, kind of it is. It's, it's tough. And yeah, there's a lot of folks that are still struggling, you know, with even just visually with the idea of folks gathering. Yeah. Everything's still happening. So, you know, I, I'm with Ben. I, I'm I'm sure, pretty sure we'll go, you know, unless something changes. Obviously, it's a month away and you never know. But right now, our plan is certainly to go. Again, we're all vaxxed and masked, so let's do it. Yeah, speaking of uh, clothing products, I've been seeing our Motor City Gameworks swag all over town, gentlemen. It's looking great. Yeah. We got those uh, plus sizes going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done a nice job with that. Hey, man. I'm telling you, it's all coming together. So I got three. I got three favorites, and I think they're all the classical logo. I, I love the alternate logos. I got those shirts too, but the classic kind of round logo mm-hmm. with the car, that's the flagship one. Every time I get an email that someone bought a shirt, it's always that one. Yeah, almost always. It's like ninety yeah. percent that. That's yeah. that's the best shirt by yes. far. Yes. But that also transfers amazing to coffee mugs and stickers because we got a ton of those in my house. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving them. Loving them. Exactly. As I'm using my AeroPress every morning to do my hoity-toity pressed coffee into my Motor City Gameworks mug. That's super fancy, man. It is. It makes me feel good. So (laughs) if you're wondering, where can I get one of these sweet shirts? Adam, how do they do this? Just go to the website. Which is? MotorCityGameworks.com. And then you will see there, there is a shop. And when you go to the shop, you will see the link to our clothing store. And then it's really easy. It's through Threadless. And so you just go right there and it'll, uh, you can pick the shirt you want, the size you want, the color you want. 
Uh, and there's, I think, 22 different products. Yeah. Because um, we have both kinds of hoodies. We have all kinds of shirts. Uh, because the bigger shirts, uh, they're still 100% cotton. They're not the tri-blend like the, the normal shirt. The tri-blend goes to XL or double XL? Double X. Tri-blend goes double to 2X. X. Yeah. Um, and it runs pretty true to size. It does run true. <laughs> Um, the, the hoodies do not, the hoodies, especially, well, the Jersey fleece hoodies okay, do not run true to size. They run small, but the hundred percent cotton hoodies, the, the classic hoodie runs true to size and it goes up through oh, I that's think, good four to know. or five. Good to know. Adam. And so that's called the Adam's choice hoodie. Um, <laughs> and so it lets you know that that's the, that's the one for us, us folks that have a little more to love. Um, and so, uh, you can get those and then, um, but there's also classic t-shirts. Now they're hundred percent cotton, not the tri-blend, but I'll tell you what, I own a couple of them. They're soft. Yeah. They're not as soft as tri-blend obviously, but they're a lot softer than those boxy, almost cardboard feeling hundred percent cotton shirts that you usually get. I, yep. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to lie to anyone in order to increase sales. Trust me, this is not where we're going to make our <laughs> hay, but it's a comfortable shirt. It's a little longer than a normal shirt. Mm-hmm. And so for bigger people, sometimes that's an important thing. Yes. No, Patrick Hillier was talking about that on Twitter today. And how so, it felt like it was a little bit longer than your average, I think, double X. Beautiful. Right. And Man, he liked it. That's key. Yeah, and honestly, so if you looked at our, t- to Adam's point, if you ran through our, our sales charts, which are, you know, they're, they're, it's been fun. Yeah. We probably have two products, you know, two clothing products, the t-shirt and the hoodie with the one logo. Everything else is great. Yep. But we're just, you know, there's, they're really there because there's some rules on Threadless and you have how so many, many items. Things. You have to have different yeah. items and stuff. Yeah. But the reality of it is there's, it's hey, a... Get the laptop, laptop stickers. Yeah. Those are super boss. I got one, but I don't put stickers on my laptop. Yeah. So but, I don't... I, but, or put just, it on your... What's the thing everybody puts their card in? The quiver. Yeah, I don't yeah. have one of those either, but oh, I gotta find somewhere for everybody it. listening. Get a sticker and put it on your quiver. Put it on your quiver right. and or a laptop. I could, I should start stickering my laptop. I don't have you any should. reason not to. I've just never thought about it. Or so throw, I have, it, throw it on your cup. I have this dream throw it on the, that the, could. We're not getting rich the off the merch, mark. but I think if it keeps going, it could pay for the logo, which wasn't cheap because we had a really awesome dude. Yeah, do it, it could. Who's legit. I, I, it'll be a while, but it could. It'll be a while, but I think we might get there. It'd be pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. Have right. a logo Every time that logo gets a compliment, I'm like, it's because. You have to spend money sometimes to get good things. Excellent. And, and if you need a good logo, reach out to Jason Kingsley, by the he's way. He's awesome. on Twitter at Jason Kingsley, he and he's one of the best in the entire industry. He's the reason people say, wow, that's a great yeah, logo. He's the real deal. Because it's funny, too, because I even remember when he was showing it, like his progress, I'm like, I don't look like that complicated. Like, it doesn't look hard. But it super is. But it is. Like, <laughs> like I know I couldn't do it. Like, it's having just like no, a circle. Having now officially taken <laughs> yeah. a graphic design yeah, Adam, course. Yeah, Adam, as a, a student a of graphic books. design... It is very difficult. Well, that's it's like it's a circle Tell of a car. It, it's real easy. Tell him, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's easy. Inc- it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> that's Playing third base, switching to third base is really easy. Yeah. Tell him. It's incredibly difficult. <laughs> exactly so that's going really well, Matt. Yeah. I know, Adam, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about some games, too, but it's been a, a long little bit between episodes four and five. Me and you and our families, we actually went on our yearly vacation. We did. It was awesome. We got to play some games. Imagine that. We got to play some games. So I was up in Port Huron, Michigan at a wedding. I went to the friendly local game store. I like to support them, so I bought Hadrian's Wall. You did. And I was inspired because you had said the designer uh, loved Fleet Dice, was True. a little inspired, and clearly took it as a launching point to make an even more complicated, 
you know, flipping right as mm-hmm. it were on this one. So we are really jazzed to play it. We've played it three or four, maybe even five times now. Um, what do you think of it? It's awesome. Yeah, it really totally is. is. I, I, Adam, you even played it too with us. Yeah. Uh, yes, and I've played it many times with my wife now. And yeah. has she crushed you every time now? Uh, no, she crushed me this last time, which is why we'll never play again. Uh, <laughs> because up until then, I had her uh, defeated, and she was squarely under the heel of my boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, she's now figured out a system that is better than the system I have. And yes, what's the secret? I haven't figured that out, Ben. <laughs> yeah, it was... I looked at her sheet, but her sheets. But it's there's a lot going on. I can't figure out how, but she definitely figured it out. So the designer, is it Bobby Hill? Is that his name? Yes, yes. He looked at Fleet Dice and thought, there's not enough going on. <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah, he thought, that's it? That's right. it? I, I can do better than this. We make these sheets about 50% bigger <laughs> yes. and pack them in with even more boxes. It, it really, it, I mean, it definitely, it definitely is a... You know, a rolling right in that fleet dice three sisters kind of category in the sense that you're doing a lot, you're checking a ton of boxes, and when you check boxes, you get to go check other boxes, and it's all fun. I, so we played it, I think, three times on vacation, which is a lot yeah. for a week, right? We don't, you know, especially because it's not a short game. I mean, no, it's, it's no, an hour no. to an hour and a half, right? Yeah. And my sister, yeah. who likes games but doesn't get to play very often, super into it, really liked it. The rule book is a load. The rule book is—it's not bad. Yeah, it's just it's a lot. fine. It's well so you have done. To explain it's just a load. Every section individually. I like ran out of the will to read it the yes. first time I read <laughs> through it. It's like twenty some pages. I'm on like page ten. I'm like, I gotta take a break. Because I can't do this. Every section of boxes is like a half a page. And there's like fifty sections of boxes. Like, oh my god! There's like eight guys on the right hand side. I still gotta read. Are you kidding me right now? And what if we just ignore the entire right hand sheet? I Which, can get through this. Yeah, you can kind of do it. You still could if you wanted okay, to. And still, then they start giving you the yellow guys, and you need yes, somewhere to spend 100%, them. Yeah, no, but, uh, it, it's all that to say. I mean, I, you know, I know from like if I was telling me you know, Ben Adam, I think we talked about it a little bit in the last show or two shows ago. You know, I'd heard on the board game barbecue podcast how you know Bobby Hill had like fleet dice, and you know was somewhat of an inspiration for him and great because it's he made a fantastic game it is great the and only it's completely stands on its own i mean it's a totally different game and it's just it's just a great role right the only thing that for me um with the flipping of it the initial flip kind of gives you your resources for mm-hmm. the round and kind of determines a couple other minor things the only thing that i do miss from from the dice kind of draft etc is yeah. we talk about it doesn't as much have that make lemon lemonade out of lemons type right. of thing. Make hay with what you have type yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think you know if I'm if I'm thinking about the yeah the one thing I would think about maybe critically would be yeah that the I would say turn to turn your pool of resources isn't varied quite enough where I feel like okay all oh, man I really you, you're short on things or even game to game or even game you can go game, into yeah. a game with an idea of what you want a to do pretty and good just, plan and, and just probably do it. accomplish it right Whereas and in the ones we've made. You generally have to adapt a little more to. Yeah, I would say if I was going to gonna rank them, like in the sense of like that, because sort of, stinking shrimp never rolls. Well, exactly. There so you Fleet go. Is I want to do shrimp if it ever rolled. So that's a great point. That's what I was getting to. So Fleet Dice is the most of that. Whatever you want to call that, right? Making lemon out of lemonades. Whatever. Whatever. Freezing. Making lemon out of lemonade. Yeah, or making <laughs> yes. lemon out of lemons. <laughs> that's what I said too originally. So <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes. Reverse that. That one, but backwards. So whatever that's called, right? there's there's a, a tension that goes with needing something and wanting something, and then doing the best with what you're given. Yeah. Fleet Dice is the peak of that. I think Motor City is second. I think Three Sisters is probably the most like Hadrian's Wall in that you can generally get what you want because yeah. you can see what's coming. Now, there's still dice drafting and there's variability to that, but you can have a pretty turn good turn idea. as a little, but you can yeah. go in being like, I'm going to try the bees this game. Correct. And yeah, you, you can, can go try the bees. Exactly. You can Correct. get a little closer to saying, I'm going to do this and this, and you can probably get yourself there You know, a little bit more so than... 
Yeah. Fleet dice being like the extreme where it's like you just might not. Hey, oh, good job on your level three shrimp. No more shrimp's going to roll. Congratulations. Exactly. I wanted shrimp. Right. They right. Just didn't oh, roll. you want to finish that King Crab boats? Ah, we're not going to give any wharf. Sorry. You want that or no, or, I mean, buffet? Uh, yeah. Nope. Yep. Well, and that's the other thing with the dice draft that we just did it because we like drafts and whatever, mm-hmm. but it's got that hate drafting where, man, you it can does. look at the dude's sheet right oh, in front of you. and If oh, they you, got that level two or three sheet, uh, they're not going to see another shrimp. No. Another <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not. gone. It ain't getting past me. I'll yeah. coin it if, if I got nothing else to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, Adam. I'm going to throw yeah. one over to you. What have you been playing? Anything good? You've been playing some Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, I've been playing that. Um, I played uh, recently City of the Big Shoulders. Hmm. Now, this is a heavy economic game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with Acquire. Oh, I love Acquire. Okay. It's like that, but on like major steroids, like more than Barry Bonds took. Okay. That's all the steroids. All the steroids. Because, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about that or you could watch me suck a few dingers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, but if you. We could tell you the terrible truth or. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, the City of the Big Shoulders is like a choir in that there are. Um, you're, but you're running companies, okay, in Chicago during its heyday in the 1800s. Uh, you know, as it was the. It was the primary source of like industrial development in the United States during like the 1830s to the 1900s, that area. Yeah, I knew and that. so a ton of companies, Quaker Oats, uh, Schwinn, uh, Bicycles, um, Oscar Mayer, uh, like a ton of companies that are everyday Sears, obviously, mm-hmm. Sears Roebuck, um, Floor Wait, Shimes, why is that obvious? Floor Sears Tower, because oh, Sears okay. Tower, sure, okay. Sorry, yeah. that's a cultural and geography hey, thing. That's about 8,000 miles away from Detroit. Right, it is. <laughs> that's right. Hey, did I mention history comes right after geography and biology? <laughs> Got it. Like all the same group. Um, so what are you good at exactly? What Math. Is, Making what games, doing? global logistics, global. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> this is your calling, my man. Math, Adam. That's about all Math. I can do. Got it. Well, it's the language of the universe. Nice job. It's true. Uh, but no, so you've got... Um, You've got these companies, and you own one to start the game. You, you found a company, and you buy shares into it. So it's got an 18xx feel uh, for sure. It's an 18xx game in terms of stock trading and buying in. And you want people to buy some of your stock, but you also need to buy some of the other companies because as dividends get paid out and the stocks get worth more, you want to make the money, right? But you do have to manage multiple money sources, which means you've got your personal money that you can use to start new companies. And I got to be honest, the funnest part of the game is starting a new company. Hmm. Just like acquire. And yes. And so, um, you, you never quite close one out, but you, you can start new companies and then each company has its own treasury. Right. And so you got to make sure that if I'm making this move with this company, I'm not accidentally holding the other company's money. That that's one of those challenging moments. But at the same time, man, it is so, like it's super procedural, but once you got the procedure, and they've got a great player aid in there, unlike Teotihuacan, <laughs> which was profoundly procedural and came with zero player <laughs> aid because you're just supposed to remember these 19 steps. Um, but this one has a great player aid. Once you've got the procedure, there's we didn't mess up, we didn't cheat. I mean, this was a straight out of the box, 100% Kirk. We didn't know the rules. We were straight up reading the rules. What was the one rule that you got wrong, Adam Hill style? 
No, we didn't. No, the one rule you got wrong because you always Look, do. What was the one rule you always? It is your thing. But it's my thing to leave out one critical rule. Critical, not a little rule. <laughs> no, like we've never played Great Western Trail correctly because of me. Because it wasn't just one rule; it was like three, and each time we corrected one. But I was making that game that game way harder. Uh, anyway, City of the Big Shoulders is an, if you like economic games, it's excellent. Hmm. It is really well done. Right I on. sometimes like economic games. Yes. And who now, was that by? Do you remember who it was by? Um, oh, Raymond something the third. Raymond, and sorry. Publisher? Uh, Parallel Games. Oh, right on. Was that straight to retail or was that a Kickstarter? Um, it was a Kickstarter. Okay. And I, I backed it on Kickstarter. Uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, it's a really good design. I also, I, I would compare, I want to make a comparison I didn't love, I know a lot of people did, and I'm not trying to start a fight, but I didn't love Irish Gage. Oh, I didn't either. I didn't either. Not, not All right. even really a little. <laughs> just right. tolerated I, 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 Everyone else was enamored by it. I was everyone else like, loved it, and I thought, it's not my you know, style. this is a really pretty game, and it's Do you not know what I don't like, and I was telling Matt, and not to be cocky, but I win those type of games quite a bit. I, I don't like having to track... How many shares does everybody have? It seems like such work to me. Now, I know I just said I liked Acquire, but yeah, I, it just wears this, me out tracking all that data. This, you're doing that, but it is so much better Good. than Irish Gage. Like I, and, and I understand that for y'all that you're like, that's not that hard. Um, no, everybody else loves it. I get it. But yeah. it, it's a heavier game. It's going to take you. It's, it, it's not just the main course on game day. You need to clear a Saturday because it's going to take Two and a half to three hours. But it is a great game. Loved it. Awesome. And then you said you backed it. It showed up and, and you're a proud owner of it. Yeah. And it sat on my I want to play this shelf for like over a year. And, I, I, and, and that was... That's because 2020 was not the best year to have a heavy Euro launch and deliver, I've heard. Yeah. From I think some it friends was a 2019, okay. technically, but okay. yes, yeah, I, I know I what that's so like. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. but, like, but I've heard it was a tough year last year to have a heavy Euro fulfill from Kickstarter. It sure was, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs to go and pick up a copy of Godspeed. <laughs> um, I'm glad you liked game. it, because I don't love stock, period. Well, In almost yeah, any setting. If... if if you don't like 18xx, you're not going to like this game. I've played one and a half 18xx's. I played yeah, Irish Gage, which is a fake 18xx. Right. Then I played a prototype one time, and it was fine. I just I don't enjoy stock. I don't. I just it's hard. This for is me. a stock game, yeah. and the winner is the one with the most money, and so it's definitely a stock game. But if you like those economic style games, I would strongly recommend you try it because it's a really good game. Right on. So speaking of worker placement games with deck building elements. Mm-hmm. We've been playing Lost Ruins of Anarch. We have. And it's pretty great. It is pretty great. It, it's You know what? Here's what I love about it as a designer. We were talking earlier about how you know it's hard right now to sell a good game. Yeah. I would argue that when you're pitching a game like Lost Ruins of Arnak, there's no hook that I can... I've played the game a couple times. We played... In, you're like, hey, you played Rococo, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that, but different. Yeah. It, there's, there's nothing you could point to in Lost Ruins of Arnak that is like specifically unique or interesting. But as a package, it's just a very good game that I really yeah, enjoy. Totally. That, and that's a I'm saying this as a credit, by the way. Right. Not as an insult to the game. No, that's that but that's the cartographer's thing. It doesn't do anything mechanically that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. It's just really well made. Yeah, that's fair. I actually think the the map building cartographers is pretty clever, but I'm but I hear you in general. I mean listen, that's most games, by the way. I yeah, mean, most sure. games aren't 
There's nothing. There's no fancy, exciting bit in most games. That's but why it's so hard to pitch one over which online. Is one of the reasons it's hard to pitch online. You have to have that experience and get the right. thing as a whole. It's all the pieces come together as a whole. Exactly. And they're better than it's it's peers. Yes, and, and I you think know that it one, when you play it, but you can't always exactly. You can't quantify the, it yeah. over verbally or as a description. I think that game might have been internally developed, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it might be CG employees. But the point is, it's just a really good worker placement deck building euro. Like it, 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 it the theme is. Exploring stuff, whatever the theme is pretty meaningless. Know. But there's like monsters in there. I'm like, yeah, whatever. you're fighting dinosaurs or something. I think I don't but, even care. I'm like, oh, so if I go there, I get some stuff, and if I have these resources, I can also flip right. that card over exactly. and get a thing. Is that a monster? I don't care. Yes, but everything works exactly how it's supposed to in an interesting way. And I, and I super enjoyed. It. We got to play it, I think, live once, and then we've been playing some BGA async stuff with a uh, friend of the show, Dan Patrice, and it's just a good game. It is. Everybody, go play it. It's, it's really great. great. And, well, uh, go before ahead. we go. Uh, it's Raymond Chandler the third, oh, right who is on. the designer sure of is. Uh, City of the Big Shoulders. It's a good game. I just wanted to make sure that I got his name. I didn't want to. Nice. I, I, I want to put I, some respect on his name. No, so, after I butchered poor Christopher's name, I thanks yeah. for looking me. So, My phone isn't in front of me, so I couldn't look it up. Speaking of games that going in, you're like, I don't know, this sounds okay, and then you play it, and it's just better than all the other games that are like it. The one with the animals and the. Uh, the river and the field and all that. Oh, Cascadia. Well, Cascadia. It's just better. It awesome. It's just better than all the it other is. games like it. And I don't it know is. why. It just is. You play it and you're like, okay, whatever. Because so to, I'm going to tell you the story. You were explaining it to me and I was grumpy because I'm like, yes. this, I'm so tired of the Philip Walker Harding do the thing and like cartographers. Oh, yeah. here's how you get points. I'm like, right. I'm so tired of this. And then Cascadia was awesome. I totally loved every right. second of it. So Ben was literally he's, that I was, was grumpy. He was complaining about how like the Isle of Sky has been yeah. done a hundred times since Isle of Sky. It was legitimately clever and different, right? So here's yeah, some... it's called Ra. I've seen it. Well, yeah, and that, Sushi that Go, a little and bit Isle of Sky, Sushi Go. cartographers. The, and... I mean, with the barrel scoring cards. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you it. You put out your scoring stuff, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what you shoot for the whole game. That's true. But um, the point is, it, uh, Cascadia was awesome. Like, legitimately good. <laughs> it was. And there's like three simple things, and you're like, okay, whatever. And you're like, wow, that was all super awesome. Which yeah. is the hardest thing to do, by the way. And Which that, is why yeah. Cascadia could be a hit. Because when you do it, everybody likes it. Well, here's the deal. That's Randy Flynn. It is. The designer. First design, right? The I, first published design, I think. I yes. think so. But it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Um, and, uh, I, you know, shout out. As a young publishing company, shout out to Flat Out Games. Yeah. Because so far, their lineup is awesome. It is. Like, they have yet to put out a mediocre game like they're all really good for those listening at home that don't have the memorized adam all right the, probably the one you know best is calico excellent right. well their game. first their first game was point salad right, right. that's what kind of as designers right. i think well, i would designers, like but oh, that's not a i would like game. to take all the credit for point salad by the way because the one year i was a judge in the cardboard edison <laughs> A prototype contest. One of the fifteen games I rated was Point Salad, and I gave it the highest marks possible because even then I could tell it was awesome. And Medium, by the way, I jocked for Medium and for Point Salad. Both had them. Both. I'll tell you what you um you should put that on your resume. <laughs> like I for should. real, that's I like should. I keep I keep all I do is produce hits. That's all I do is make hits. I'm just like y'all. I put my I put my my legs in my jeans just like y'all and then I make gold records. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they got uh so that was the designers, right? But then Yeah, Calico. that was their design, but the first I think the first flat out game was Calico Phenomenal and then game. you know Cascadia. It yeah. like it's working. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'd like to point something out between mm-hmm. me and Matt. They keep handing us our lunch because between 
Calico and Cascadia, they've now done something <laughs> twice where we had this cool mechanism and we couldn't make it work and we gave up on it. And then they released a game and they nailed it. True. Well, this is okay. So this is Lost Ruins of Arnak. Clayton and I, we were working on a design probably, I don't know, two years ago. And we were like, wouldn't it be cool to do like a worker placement and deck building at the same time? And then, and after like a month, we were like, these are both just action selection systems. Like, why do we need two? This doesn't even work. You can't make a game like this. Like, why would you ever want to? Who would even play this? And then there's, well, Arnak was... comes out and I'm like, oh, that's why you do this. Because that's way better than what we do. It's funny because I remember, wasn't Copycat, the Freeman Freeze game, one of the first ones that did it? Because they did work, it was worker placement with, because he purposely was doing like, pieces of other games as one big game. And I didn't really love that game, frankly. But yeah, it's there is, listen, it's, it's to Ben's point, like we like that the thing that Calico does where you're building around hexes and the hexes have different scoring, we had this idea that never worked that was the heaven and similar nail. to that. It Take was, the part of Heaven and Nail where right. you circle the cities and close them out. And we could farms, just never get farms. it to work. And then they did and it was awesome. It was. And so. then we had this idea where you'd have a tile and a meeple and you had to pick and you get them both and you might not want the tile or the meeple but you kind of make lemonade yeah. out of lemons with the other one and we gave up on our one because it didn't work and then Cascadia yep. comes out and it does that exact same thing and shocker, it worked and it was awesome. It was so good. Their game was way better than our game was. Which is why it's always so funny to me Like, and I and I get it. I'm not insulting folks because if you're not in the industry you're not a designer you don't timelines don't make any sense to you folks are always like oh that game is like that game like no those games were completely separately thought of yeah. by two people across the world from each other because nothing's new right and if there's something, if something new someone else has also thought of it they just haven't got it there yet yeah i don't right. want to hate on reviewers but if right. i had a dollar for every time someone said oh fleet dice is clearly inspired by gonshawn clever i'm like no because fleet dice actually released and we had never even right hadn't played gonshawn clever, clever yet at that point and but yeah. to matt's point you have similar ideas because there's right. not that many new ideas. Exactly. And Gonshan Clever comes out first. And then, you know, so to Ben's point, right, we had these ideas that were end up being very similar to the ideas that Flydog Games made work because I think there was, five of the people also had that idea and they didn't make it work. I think there was, it was the Onion that had, back when they were doing stuff, they had a, a headline that was, Man Googles his most unique and original idea and gets 1.2 <laughs> million re- yes. results that are yeah. that idea. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? I, this is terrible radio, but one of you was telling me that you knew somebody that claimed they invented the dilly bar. That would be my grandmother. <laughs> that was That's, the Terry Queen thing of that the other day. Yes. All the my grandmother invented that. By the way, I've, I've gotten a chance to talk more about this with other family members. She also, not only does Dairy Queen's owners owe her a lot of money, uh, it turns out so does McDonald's because she apparently also invented the Egg McMuffin. Wow. Right. The Egg McMuffin was her brainchild. Your grandma's amazing. Dude, I'll tell you what. She's not. Uh, But uh, this this woman, uh, oh, man. She invented the Dilly Bar, the Egg McMuffin, and probably worker placement. Right. That's her, that's her, like gift to the world and she got no credit from those uh but yeah, that's that's well, her that's my grandmother yes so speaking of games of ours that you should buy subastral still going awesome still going yeah played it a bunch on vacation we did 
and uh, it's still amazing. When people say, "Oh, hey, you design games, what mm-hmm. should I get?" Like my official answer now is Subastral. Yeah, that's fair. I don't yep. know that I have a better recommendation of yep. our catalog of if twenty. You don't know what many, level of gamer you're just talking get to? It's the best thing. It's the best. Every time I've played Subastral with people, their next statement when we finish the game is, "Let's play again." Yep. Yeah. Every that's time. What I'm talking about. So I, I we, we don't. It's funny because we have no idea how it's doing. Because you know those that kind of data isn't shared on a monthly basis with yeah. designers from a company of their size at Renegade. I hope it's doing well because it's a good game, but it, you know you never know. So let's uh, let's hope it's. Uh, I love when we get a random killing. royalty check from like some random language version of yes. one of the games we have. It it's is so funny. great. Stellar I'll get a text from Matt and be like, "Thanks, Spanish Stellar." Yeah. I'm like, all right, like, I just have a get check a, in the mailbox. So Ben and I live in the same <laughs> mail zone, but I'm closer to the post office because he's in the boonies. So I'm sometimes about a day ahead. So I'll get the check <laughs> the day before Ben will. And it's yeah, like we we get surprised sometimes because publishers, especially the larger ones, may not let you know that. Oh, by the way, we did French Stellar and Spanish Stellar, and there was a there's a new Peat Moth. It's like yeah. Dutch peat. I don't know. It's, it's not. It's an. It's a like, pre-boss that yes, hadn't existed another before. 600 bucks so five years later, there's almost like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna do that bird game, not Wingspan. Yeah. The other bird game. The other game. bird game. Oh, thanks. You Dutch. know, Peat was clearly inspired by Wingspan. <laughs> clearly. Except it clearly. came out six months later. I know. I, right. Elizabeth Hargrave was always so awesome. Because, she was like, so great Wingspan was gigantic. And she would always, especially at first when you couldn't get it, she would recommend Peat Mots yeah, she was to great. folks. Because, you, you know, you couldn't get Wingspan for the first while until they finally got the they got the whole thing up and running and saw their bajillion copies. Yeah. Right. So... So Board Game Arena has still been saving my life, you know, especially uh, not while I'm working from home. It's not like I'm on my phone taking my turns. But if I was, I'd be playing a couple of games that launched recently on there. It's pretty sweet. They got Patchwork now. You guys been playing some Patchwork? I have been playing Patchwork. It's great. You are a lot better, Matt, than I am. I'm not sure I want to play you. Patchwork is a game that I can't figure out how to be good at. Yeah, me neither. Oh, it's tactical. It's all... I mean, listen, you can do some spatial stuff, spatial planning, but it's all tactical. So I was... It's funny because because it ended on BGA, the app's actually fantastic. It's a the great app, app. It's great. And people are actually on there so you can play async games. And my ELO score, which is like the ranking system, was really high because I was good at it. And now I'm getting demolished because <laughs> I haven't played in like two years or whatever. And I'm just not as good as I was two years ago when I was playing it regularly. So I'm struggling. I'm not winning because they match you up against folks when they can mm. of a similar ranking. And they're crushing me. Well, then so, that would, I would be matched up against no one. Yeah. Like, I. I'm getting I am better. The lowest. Yeah, I'm getting better get, again, like, but I'm starting. I'm starting to finally win a few games. But the like, point is, here's the deal. I'll, I'll comp- like. I don't know what I'm doing wrong that gets me beat by forty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you I get fill up the holes. You have to and fill I've up the done, whole space, man. Well, I've done that. So and like, I'm like, I don't get it. And like, it'll be like, oh no, they had 93 buttons at the end of the game. So the people that like, are really, really good will count ahead pieces and do some button math. I, I go by feel. It's a, it is it's a it's a pretty good all the best two player games have that sort of push and pull right the 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 yin yang and that one's got a pretty good one between you know filling up your space and gathering buttons right because buttons are your income but they're also points and you need more buttons because more buttons is more better but they're also generally more spaces which means you're losing time on the time track so that balance because Uva's a genius is perfect in that game um, and there isn't a right answer right it's a, there's a lot of timing I think you can play perfect games of that and get housed because you just the way the pieces fell to some extent I, well that's what i do every time yeah well, sure. that's what's happening let's, to me. let's say you do i actually on bga was one square from full on a, on a live game yesterday i mean i, I housed the, the person but i Jeez. i had a, I had one time i played the app i'm not kidding hundreds of games maybe yes. a thousand i don't even know i had one time in all those games where i had a perfect quilt like a full quilt one wow. time 
That's and the unreal. BGA it's was like bowling a 300. Away. It is. It was awesome. So speaking of your skills slipping and you losing all the time, we should talk about Welcome To on BGA then, by the way. Man, we you shouldn't. were so proud right. of how good you were at Welcome <laughs> To, and I just passed you yesterday. <laughs> ah, so, suck it. Here's what I think happened. I'm I was so actually, good now at Welcome To. I was so angry Boom! that I lost. I got third, by the way. Yeah. Joe, his brother, beat me as well. Yeah. I, um, I think at some point, because I, I, I haven't played a lot of it, but I played a, a lot of it. At some point, I got so bored doing what we're supposed to do, which is just going for the all three points. I keep trying to get cute. I'm like, I'm going to build, I'm going to maximize fives and build up the most fives I can. Yeah. Well, the problem is you put yourself in a spot where you need like three numbers and you get them or you don't. So I keep like min-maxing at the point where if I get my exact numbers, I'm going to house. But if you don't, you just lose. It's better just to go for the stinking cards because that's what the game's telling you to do, right? Yeah. You go for the contracts and you do them. So I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta clean that. I gotta, clean, I gotta clean my house you gotta up. Gotta stop that. And welcome yeah. to man. Because I'm on a roll. Yeah. So speaking of uh, publishing companies that are going out of business, wait, real quick, a break. Did you go see ahead. their follow up to Welcome to? Welcome to the Moon. It looks amazing. It looks awesome. Is uh, Nolan and them publishing that? I don't know if it's theirs or not yet. I, I, I assume so, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I want to play it. Sounds Me too. amazing. Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's been a big couple of weeks of bad news for publishers because Tasty Minstrel. We don't have to talk about it a ton, but I mean yeah. we've known those guys forever, forever for 10, 12, 15 years. They're not out of business. They're taking a break from publishing, which to me sounded like they're just gonna try their sell to sell off their back catalog. Yeah, I get the impression what it sounded like they're done. Think, yeah, you know, but they're still gonna try to sell off games. I guess. I yeah, don't know. I, I don't. I mean, they're not gonna. So if you ever go to like the Eagle Griffin booth, for example, you'll see. Piles of games that are probably 20 years old in some cases now from publishing companies you've never heard of because they didn't make it. They didn't make it because companies will buy that stock. They think they can sell it, right? And depending on a company like Eel Griffin has their own warehousing and such, so they can do that. So Taster Mitchell, I think, is not doing that where they're going to sell off all their old Belforts for two bucks to some other company, but they're going to continue to move games, I think, into the pipeline that already exists and are already printed, but it sounds like maybe they're not printing new stuff or yeah. publishing new things. That was just a bummer because, you know, yeah. plus or minus, whatever you think of Michael Mendez on, you know, whatever, they were one of those companies that's just been around for mm -hmm. 10 plus years. You know, they were around when we went to our first Origins yep. Gen Con. They got to the point where they had kind of the bigger booth and mm -hmm. they were doing these cool Euros and it's just, it's just kind of sad to see them it go. Is. And if you look back, I mean, I, this is, it's easy for us to say this now looking looking at what they've done for, like you said, a long time they were around. Yeah. Or, and they probably never had that next level hit, right? All They have a lot of – Belfort's a fantastic game. Uh, Dungeon Roll sold well. I know they had some stuff that – he was pretty open about his sales numbers back in the day. And they never had like that 100,000 copies a year or 50,000 copies. I don't think they did. I think everything was – they're good games, which don't get me wrong. These are great sales numbers. We're selling ten or 20,000, but they weren't getting to the point where they had – the flagship. No one, yeah, no one has a wingspan, but even like yeah. uh, Crusaders was really good, and and Gugong was good. Uh, Gugong wasn't them. Gugong was Game Brewer, right? Uh, it was Game Brewer in Europe, TMG in the United States. Oh, then you're right. So those are. He, I know he ported some euros, right? He did a couple fells. Um, yeah. What's the Aquasphere? I they think, had the right? one I didn't like Rialto, but yeah, he's yeah. yeah, Aquasphere, Aquasphere, and then the one that was in the middle that I never actually. I think I played one time. I didn't really look. It doesn't matter. The point is, yeah, I guess he just it, he was tired of not. Yeah, I think you have to have that evergreen, and he maybe had a couple of small. Well, it's kind of a bummer but. because speaking of new games on BGA, what made me think of them? We've been playing Homesteaders, which I friggin' love. Homesteaders, Great game. yeah. And I forgot how much I like it. I own it. I haven't played it in six, eight years, and now I'm playing it on BGA. But um, 
it's such a great game and it wasn't viral or anything. It was just a game it's that came cool out. Game. They sold some copies and then it went away. It's just, it's got a little frustrating as yeah, a designer so to watch think, that happen. I think to it's games. okay to say this, right? And we can, I mean, we don't edit, but I guess if we had to, I don't know that from our initial numbers that there is a BGA bump for sales. I think it's more about exposure and BGA also does make some money for publishers as well. But I was curious to see if there'd be a BGA bump for its year on fleet so far. And I don't know that there was. No. There didn't seem to be any correlation between, you know, there's a lot of games happening on BGA and there was some, you know, there was some money to be made there, but I'm not sure it led to, now Fleet's an old game, so don't yeah. get me wrong, but it didn't seem to lead to like additional fleet sales, at least based on one right. year, you know, the six months of right. numbers we have so far. I, I can tell you as a designer uh, who was, you know, who had sent out some copies of some games and was waiting to hear back from publishers, you don't like when you're, when the when the the information you hear back is we're gonna stop making games yeah <laughs> uh, that was not the best moment that I had uh, and I was like oh well I guess that tells me how that proto's gone <laughs> glad I spent that postage that's and right six hours it's putting a, that proto together I, and that's such a small deal compared to yeah you know the loss of their company because I, I mean I loved I loved TMG like yeah. games I loved what they were trying to do and they they were very creative and they they had some really cool spots that I I thought they had a place in this in this marketplace and so that was sad yeah but I, that was that's just kind you're of my like, joke going in, but yeah. I, oh, so does that mean I found you're gonna, that one wasn't going to be published? Does that mean you're going to send then. my proto back to me? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. All right, Adam. Oh, sweet. It's in, that time. In honor of your liquid diet, Ugh. I'm going to throw you one here. I want you to give me your top three non-solid foods. No, I'm not including, uh, am I cl- including pureed foods? Yeah, I mean, if any of them is good, if one of them transcends, let's not let's not overdo it. <laughs> um, okay. Wow, there's a lot. Of, this one's a little broad. It's so you don't have to go to... gross. Just non-solid foods. I got I got my list prepared because I cheated. Okay, non-solid foods that I had. I'm just gonna go with the ones I had on this diet because there may be some. No, non-solid I think we're going global, are... right? Anything you've ever loved that's yeah. not solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, okay, but see, this is where the pureed things because it's gonna be soups. Uh, soups are gonna win. What's wrong with ice cream? Ice cream's my number one. Boom. All right. Uh, uh, I didn't know if that was a. I didn't know that that was a non-solid food. To be honest, non-solid. I'm trying. See, here's out. the deal. I'm, I'm not here. allowed to eat ice cream. I did, I wasn't allowed uh, because of the calories. Sugar, sure. Calories didn't come cream. to my mind. Uh, but yeah, ice cream's amazing. Uh, like a like a chocolate shake. Is well, yeah, 100% that's percent golden. Yeah, that'd be in like the, that would be your gold medal winner. That's that's your number one. See, the problem with soup is like the really good soups aren't non-solid. They have chunks of goodness in them. Yeah, but that still counts, right? I don't well, think that's does. what I'm talking about. about like, yeah, what about like cookie dough ice cream? Does that not count? Uh, no, that is not non-solid. That would the not cookies be non-solid. Are solid. So that nothing not with solid chunks in. Nothing so, that requires. Nothing that could technically require. Nothing chewing. that you have to chew. Because well, I'm thinking okay. broccoli cheddar soup is my favorite, especially Panera breads. It's amazing, but that's not non-solid. There's well, big okay, pieces but you can of broccoli. It. That's why I asked. But then it would be gross. But then it would be not. So we're not. Hold on, we're not pureeing then. Do you to know Matt your Miller? Question. Matt Miller makes the best broccoli cheddar soup I've ever had and in my life. And it's pureed broccoli? He did it for me. He pureed oh, it for me. Well, and so it nice was, of him. Oh, he's a great friend. Yeah. Uh, but it was amazing. All right, we're going to say no to that because you can puree anything. So <laughs> I can say cheeseburger if we're doing that. Yeah, but it'd be gross pureed. That would be terrible. I know. But right, so my number one right. is going to be ice cream. And sure, it can't have chunks in it. Do you have to be okay. specific though? Eh. Nah. Ice cream. I'm, I, I'm yeah, that's clearly number one then. Okay. 
Um, number two for me is soda. Then just give me give me a pop. I love it. Pepsi, Coke, Mountain Dew, that, all of it. See, but now we're totally off of what what I've been going through, and that's not even a food. Can't really. have that it's either. Like, a beverage. Kind of food. All it's right, more so of a then, beverage. But so then, what are what are other non-solved foods that people enjoy? Adam? Why don't you tell us about yeah. some more non-solved foods? Let me tell you about food. some non-solved Applesauce foods. would be one. Just throwing uh, it out there. Applesauce is one, and it would be a high-ranking one. <laughs> um, uh, I would say hummus. For me, wow, great I one! Love one. That's hummus. a good one. In that that case, is so good. The yeah. garlic dip from the Venice restaurants. Man, I ate so much Amazing. I was sweating it yesterday. <laughs> yes, whatever that stuff is, it's <laughs> so good. good. Hummus is a phenomenal one. It's it's been like a savior, yeah, for sure. Now hold on, since you can't have solids, are you just spooning hummus in or yeah? Like, okay, just I was just <laughs> eating hummus with a spoon. All right, hold on then. In that yeah, case, you've pictured hum- this dude, correctly. Hummus with a spoon is a band name. I know you, you can't do dairy yet, right? But I mean, like. So you could just make spoon and cream cheese. Okay, in. so here's the deal. I can do dairy. Okay. Um, and so cream cheese with now spoon? I can't go like crazy because it's high calorie is... and high fat. But I can have dairy as long as I can tolerate the lactose. I'm good. Sure. It's kind of it's kind of cheese to. a solid food. Um, it is considered a soft food, which exactly. is not the same thing so as I, a I do liquid. love cottage cheese. Legitimately, you're like the last man on earth. I know. Hey, listen, there's a whole cooler for for a reason. I don't feel I can't be the only one. I was one. about to say you can have mine. Yeah, um, I enjoy it's it. OBE. I don't actually uh, buy it it's very like often. From the before times when they had good food. It is, but it's good. <laughs> we don't have to eat this crap anymore. There's all these other options, guys. <laughs> like when the grocery store had 20 items total. There is you're a so whole right. cooler <laughs> next to the milk full of cottage cheese. Actually, speaking of that, canned goods are in that boat. Like people are like. Why would you eat canned vegetables? It makes no sense. When yeah. we were kids, there was two full side rows of canned goods. Now there's like one small section. Yeah, because why would you buy? Who's buying canned green beans when you can go buy fresh green beans? The green bean casserole people, right? That's green true. Bean green bean casserole. casserole is the answer, and that's legit. Yeah. But... All right, Adam, what's your Sorry. number two? Well, okay, so I'm going to go with you on ice cream on number one, okay, just for sure, and yeah. then I'm going hummus number two. Oh yeah, yeah, that was really good, and then. Um, the third is probably for me going to be, oh man, this is tough because I've been living on liquids uh, and I can, t- I can, how about I tell you what it's not first. <laughs> There's this Healthwise is a brand that makes soups that are like broths, but they do have a cream of chicken and cream of broccoli that don't have any chunks. It is totally powder and water. Mm, like that's what it is. Yum. Both of those cream of soups are garbage. They sound terrible. <laughs> They're the worst. They are awful. And what's sad is the people were like, the folks at the weight loss clinic were like, a lot of people like the cream of chicken soup. Well, then a lot of people are wrong. Yeah. Okay, because that cream of chicken soup is garbage and it's for garbage people. <laughs> All right? Like, I am incensed. Judging? Right, right. I, um, I can tell you it's not that, and I can tell you that protein shakes ain't the answer either. No. Um, done a lot of those. Um, but... The chocolate pure protein I like. Oh, it's it's fine. But yeah. is it going to be in the top three? Absolutely no. not. It's in the top 20. Probably. I mean, I'd rather have chocolate milk if we're being honest. Well, that was my number Who two. Wouldn't? Yeah. yeah. Is that your number two? Chocolate yeah, milk. I consider that a food. It's a thick foodie yeah, substance. I, I I was trying to I was trying to decide if it was not if it was a drink we'd eliminate drinks, but I, it is. Yeah, I'm I, saying soda's out. Chocolate so, milk is a food. Fair. The, the day I That's learned. weird to me. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Because you eat chocolate milk when you're hungry. Yeah, you do. Drink, you can drink it. Like, so the day I learned drink. I was lactose intolerant was because I played. I don't eat dinner. I used to play basketball all the time, even though I was fat. And the, I don't eat dinner before basketball because I don't, I don't enjoy it. So I'm walking around Meyer at 11.15 at night. 
And I'm like, ooh, chocolate milk. And I grabbed a bottle of chocolate milk and I hammered it. I was going to pay for it, but I mean, I hammered it and then put it back in the cart and went, oh, <laughs> what's going on there? And that was like, I don't know, 10 years you ago got or whatever. bubble guts going Damn. on. And then I'm like, oh, it doesn't, I mean, I still drink it sometimes. Hey, you guys have a bathroom? Yeah. That's right. The Bee Gees, you're going to run right into that <laughs> yeah, bathroom. No, but the point is, chocolate milk is the great. Back. That's definitely right. If, I mean, ice cream's number one, chocolate milk's number two for me. My number two is Carb Master yogurts. You can only get them at Kroger. And they have a phenomenal protein to calorie ratio okay. to whatever. And I, they're so good. There's like 12 flavors. This is the oldest top three we've ever done. I think I was going to say, yes. I think I was going to say third is Oikos Triple Zero. That's okay. Yogurts. It's okay. Because it's, a, it's a, once again, 15 grams of protein yeah. and very few calories. Yeah. So great I mean, calorie, it's no Carb Master. Great protein but, to calorie. But I, I've never had Carb Master. You can only get them at Kroger. Well, I, I heard that, yeah. Um, but I, that doesn't help me know no, the if it's good. Like good. What, what makes it better flavors? Now, is it Greek yogurt or no. just yogurt? See, then no, it's it automatically not, it's better because I actually, actually don't prefer Greek yogurt. 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 It was like cultured dairy blend, or there's some reason they don't call it oh, yogurt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this <laughs> so is not a real you, thing. Got it. If you ever buy Ben and Jerry's non-dairy ice cream, they don't call it ice cream. Yeah. They call it like non-dairy flavored dessert. Yes. Because there's no ice cream. So, in was there. that your three, the triple zero Oikos? That's pretty good. That's pretty for good. For right now. I got I'm gonna th- if I don't get to choose soups, because I, like, I would include, for instance, um, you could tomato soup. Tomato soup? Yeah. I was about to say, I would put tomato soup there. I would oh, put yeah. uh, a black bean soup if the black beans have been pureed. You can do it's that. It's phenomenal. Right. Uh, so, I would include those. Uh, so, homogenous soups is your number three. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Fair. I have a better number three nacho cheese sauce. Just, <laughs> I'm, I've got Listen, my spoon with hummus, and you're working say, your spoon with nacho cheese sauce. If we're just sauce. eating stuff with a spoon, I'm going nacho cheese sauce right I can out tell of the you Gordon's what your food. Kids would choose if yeah. I'm sitting there with hummus and you're sitting there with nacho, nacho cheese, cheese. I'm going to be the only one eating my hummus. That's right. Hey, Adam, be... Whose cheese is that? Nacho, nacho cheese. cheese. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> Every... My side. Oh my side. I so, can't laugh. Just to finish the finish the thread, I guess my number three is that I'm going to go with that Lebanese garlic dip. That's it's amazing. Awesome. Great choice. Yeah. There it is. That you, was that's a pretty wild you chose, top three. You chose an ice cream, mm-hmm. chocolate milk, a chocolate milk, and, and a butter. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, it's you, actually potato it's and just, mayo. No, there's no potato. I looked up a recipe. No, it's like garlic and oil and lemon there you juice. Go. Correct. We sure. all thought there was potato in it. We there's did. not. That's why you somebody stink. told us that Ike's had potatoes in it. Somebody the reason you stink we for that, a whole why. day is you eat like two or three tablespoons of that stuff. Right. You're literally eating that much garlic. It's all garlic, garlic and oil. And it's well, so with delicious. that bread, man. It's, it's so, so good, good with oh, that yeah. bread, though. There's a place. It's the best. It's bad radio. When we're allowed to eat again. Because, by the way, I, I did not get the bariatric sleeve, but I did embark on a liquid diet. Doctor ordered, doctor directed, I should say. And I'm much like Adam, uh, eating nothing but liquids for about a month. And then from there, it's liquids plus vegetables for another two months. Yeah. So I'm at 12 weeks of... It's, uh, I, I think miss Adam, vegetables. Adam I can't have raw vegetables right Operation now. Make Ben the Fat One, I think is what we're going That's with. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So in honor of you guys, I did not stop and get a Slurpee on the way here tonight. <laughs> I appreciate that, <laughs> Thank man. you. Yeah. So Thank we're you. all making better choices. We are. We so... Are. Yeah, it's, I do. I don't miss vegetables because I'm a small child when it comes to eating, and I don't actually like any. But I'm going to try. I'm going to make myself eat pickles and cucumbers until I like them. Oh, I miss vegetables. So because I'm allowed to mix those in pretty soon. Here. The point is all that to say that you know, um, yeah, it's it's uh, when we're allowed to eat again, we can. Uh, there's a place that does homemade pitas, like fresh out of the oven, mm, and they're the best so thing good. I've ever eaten. So good. So they give you like there. a bowl of the garlic dip and these puffy warm pitas. It's in like the wood fired oven. It's yeah. just, I'll never oh be gosh. able to do that, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a shame. In, <laughs> in honor of health, 
We are skipping air frying this week because, frankly, I, I still have an air fried a donut. Someday I, I will. Yeah, I mean, I've been air frying for the family, yeah. but nothing, nothing fancy or exciting. Or, I did say, I did notice when we talk about the rewarming powers of the air fryer. It's amazing. I did like a whole meal. It was like fries. It never and lets you down. Chicken tenders and something like a third thing yeah. all at the same time. Like, yeah. Okay, sure. So first of all, I did do a donut one time. I didn't do the custard donut. That was right. my homework. I'm deficient. Right. Matt, you're so right because we got takeout the other day. Mm-hmm. Rebecca's uh, mom and her husband, Peter, who is a faithful listener, love you, Peter, was over. We had gotten Redknapp's takeout sure. for him. Yeah. He wanted a burger and fries. Yep. It had been sitting around for like 20 minutes by the time mm-hmm. they got there. He didn't even grab a fry. He's like, oh, they're a little whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pop them in the air fryer for seven more minutes. And they're phenomenal. Yep. Like, it's it's powers. It's superpowers. They're unlimited. It is. It really is. I did. We've done a lot. I will say that cleaning, it's getting harder. Because, <laughs> like, the, I don't know. Carly, who's pretty, pretty up. My wife's a pretty healthy eater. But they went on a pizza roll kick. And now those things leave a mess. They do. Because they explode. And yep. And the cheese everywhere. gets real crunchy and hard. And, yeah. But, yeah. it's we've, they've, It's been getting a lot of use. Just not by me. <laughs> yeah. They could literally sell them as leftover reheaters. Yep. And they'd be worth every penny. Every dime. All right, guys. It is about time. But Adam, football is back. I know you're a huge college football fan. Probably huge. the biggest one I know. And what's your favorite team? University of Alabama. Wow. What do you think of Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddles? But should I be drafting one of those guys in my dynasty draft? Yes. Which one? Mm. Come on. Whoever I, you can get, whoever's available. Like, I, but if you got, if but you, if I'm at pick eight and they're both sitting there, and they're who should both I be sitting taking? there? Oh man. Um, dynasty. I'm going to have this guy for ten years. Ooh. Okay, Devontae. He's also going to get you special. Uh, you think? Special teams. Yards. You think? Okay. We don't, we don't pay those out, but sorry. Right. Yeah, we do. Yeah, if you go score a touchdown, we don't you get like yards, fifty though. yards. Oh, you're right. For, you get more than fifty yards. You're point, right. You're right. You're right. You think Devontae's? You should take Travis Etienne. Yeah, yeah. he's he, a great running back. He blew his knee out. Already. Oh sure no, did. that's super sad. Oh no, uh, Lefranzic, not knee. Yeah, was Lefranzic? Is that Liz Franck? Liz Franck, whatever that word. The foot thing is like a foot thing. I don't know. I don't know. He's out for the season. though. it sucks. That's super sad because Etienne's a beast. I've heard that. I did not like him in a Clemson jersey, but Correct. I like him. Well, I knew you know who he was because he was yes. against Alabama. Um, ooh, boy, that's a really tough one on that. I mean, Waddle is obviously the bigger bigger guy, yeah. and so he's likely or a longer career. Yeah. Um, but who but, do you like as his quarterback? Would you rather be on the Jalen Hurts or the Tua you know, train for the next 10 years? Boy, if I have to pick one of those, I'd rather be on the Tua team. Okay, in the pros. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Good to hear. To a, uh, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. He's not going to turn the ball over, but he also takes less risks. There you go. And so right. if you got a deep threat, you're le- you're going to yeah. get less balls. Speaking of the 33rd NFL team slash Alabama, Mac Jones wow. is allegedly going to beat gonna out. He's going to be the starter, I heard. Yeah, he's going to beat out Cam. Dang. Just, well, wow, Cam's old. Don't that's wrong, not really but. hard because Cam hasn't been good for four years, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was, yeah it's been a while. He's, he's He took some hits. All right, Adam, you're a college right. football guy. If I'm sitting there at eight and I'm, for some stupid reason, staring at Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah? He's yeah. the guy? Yeah. He's going to be the real deal. Him this is a keeper Oregon. league? Ten, yeah, dynasty. Trevor Lawrence. All right, man. Good tips. You heard it here right. first on the Motor City Gameworks podcast right. with Adam Hill. For those of you that didn't turn it expert. off. So <laughs> when we were talking gastric, bypass. when people heard fantasy football, yeah, that like, was the good. Beow. That was the good start out. Hey, welcome yeah. to the gaming pod. Pa- Let's talk cast. about surgery. Let's talk about right, welcome surgery. to our medical slash fantasy football slash air frying podcast, and then a game. Let's talk liquid. Diet. Yeah, buy our games. Oh, and buy our shirts and hoodies. That's and right. Top stickers right. And, at yeah. MotorCityGameworks.com, right? Guys? And if you're listening, by the way, and you want to test Motor City, 
or possibly a game called Durango. More about that later. Yep. Hit hit us up. Hit any one of the three of us up on Twitter, wherever, Absolutely. and we will get you some. What's PPs. your handle on Twitter, Matt? Uh, M D Ridlin R I D D L E N. Adam, you are Adam Hill Games, and I am Pinchback Twenty One. Or you can uh, go to the website, and there's a little contact us. Just go yep. to whatever. Hit that too. Hit submit. It goes to all of our Check, check. Right on. Yep. Everybody, have a good month. It's great seeing you guys. And we'll talk to you later. See ya. Shoes and legs are out to get me.